gracious hosts, unique lodging, and tasty cuisine. New Mexico bed and breakfasts are New Mexico true. Our innkeepers are as special as New Mexico, and we're sharing their stories. Read about them and plan your trip at nmbba.org. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. Every second Thursday, we get to go to New Mexico, the land of enchantment. And if you go to New Mexico, one of the things you want to do is stay in a bed and breakfast. You're guaranteed to have a unique, uh, actual unique experience, an authentic stay. And uh, you hear a lot about if you're on social media, you'll see the hashtag New Mexico True. And that's what these bed and breakfasts do. They give you a true experience. They know the area, they have good food, or they have a place where you can make your own food in today's case as well. And there's art, there's nature, there's wildlife, there's birds. It is a beautiful, beautiful state and definitely um, should be called the land of the encha of enchantment that it is. I encourage you to go to the website, nmbba.org. That stands for the New Mexico Bed and Breakfast Association, who we do this show with every second Thursday. So you can keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. But today I'm excited because, you know, so many of us are, you know, it, it's busy. Life is busy. There's the hustle and bustle. There's big cities. There's, hey, sometimes we just need to have an escape into nature, be out in a remote area, unplug, unwind. And these two inns that we're going to talk about today are the epitome of that. There are also, uh, there's a lot of art that goes with this. So we're very excited about that. I'm going to bring our first guest on the show, Becky O'Connor. Uh, Becky, you have been on our show how many times? Welcome back, oh, by the way. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not counting, Lisa. I know. I know. I, yeah. <laughs> and and so I want everyone to know about you, the Casitas de Gila, because you are, I think, you were, our other guests, you guys are like in the, the polar opposites of the state, which is cool for everybody to know. But um, tell us a little bit about where you are so people can get a, an overview. We are in the southwest corner of New Mexico, um, on the Arizona side, not um, about a half an hour from Silver City, which would be the closest town to us. Okay, and so you're near, like uh, the Gila Cliff Dwellings National Monument. Yes, the Gila, we're, we're near National the Gila Forest. Cliff Dwellings. Yes, the, the the Gila National Forest, the Gila Wilderness. It's all basically our backyard. And it's the very first wilderness area in our country. Thank you, Aldo Leopold. Anyway, just saying. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and how many acres are you on for people to know? We have, well, we have 265 acres here and a creek that runs through our property that has water in it year round. We're very, very fortunate. We've got a beautiful spot. And oh. we're really fortunate that we're able to share it with people. Mm. And this is a little different because your guest houses, you're still considered an inn, but you're like people could come in just bring their food and just chill out in their casita, go hiking. They don't have to, you know, they can really, when I say unplug, unwind, that's what they can do. Yeah, that's right. They've got, they've, they've got their own little um, casita, which is a little house and uh, with a kitchen, a full kitchen and a barbecue grill outside and a porch and a picnic area and um, incredible views just right, right from their porch just beautiful it's awesome that is awesome i love it so i want everyone to know your website so they can go book go to casitas de gila.com and gila is g-i-l-a so casitas 
thehela.com. All of this is in the show notes. So wherever you're listening, just look in the show notes and you can link to the Bed and Breakfast Association and also to the individual bed and breakfast that we're talking with today. Uh, we also have Dave Emery joining us, who's one of the owners of Casa del Gavilan. It's a historic inn in Cimarron. And we also have innkeeper Heidi Lewis joining us. So welcome, Dave. How are you? Uh, just fine. Thank you uh, for the introduction. A pleasure being with you today, Lisa. Very excited to hear about your inn because it seems like you're also out in, in the remote lands, right, of, of New Mexico, but you're like more in the northeast corner? That's correct. We're right on the front range of the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, about mm. an hour south of the Colorado border in northeastern New Mexico. There's something magical about those mountains. Every time I hear them in a song, I just like, that's it. I need to go. <laughs> yeah, they are certainly beautiful, and uh, they start right in our backyard and go up to 12,000 feet within just a few miles of us. So it is quite a stunning location. Yeah. I mean, it just seems that you are remote, right? So when people come in, it's not there's like no TVs, that kind of thing. You're in history as well. Um, but you can really just let just let the days go by and just relax. That's correct. We, uh, mm. When people ask just how remote are we, I tell them it's 45 minutes to the nearest traffic light. I like it. That's my kind of place. I love it. Heidi, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, hi. Thank you so much. I'm very, very well and happy to be here and appreciate you introducing us. Oh, yeah, we're excited about this. So Heidi, as the innkeeper, can you give us a little overview of the lodgings? Um, and do you do breakfast? I know Becky, everyone can bring their own, but she does stock those refrigerators, those mini fridges in, in yep, the guest house. Right? Go ahead. All of our rates include a full breakfast, a homemade breakfast. We feature local, um, locally sourced eggs and uh, high country meats from Raton, New Mexico, which is less than an hour mm -hmm. away. And uh, we have herbs from our own garden that we use frequently in our breakfast as well. So yeah, we serve a full breakfast. And then if guests want to use the kitchenette and the guest refrigerator for other meals of uh, things that they bring to the inn, they can do that because we are uh, remote. Sometimes people come here and they don't want to leave mm. for meals. So, but we do recommend that they stop in town and pick up any groceries they might want for other meals besides breakfast, but we do serve full breakfast. We have six rooms. Some of the rooms have uh, multiple rooms within them, so we can sleep up to about 16 people, and it's uh, in the middle um, of, like uh, Dave said, uh, the at the foothills of the Sangre de Crystal Mountains, but mm. surrounded by thousands of acres of Philmont Scout Ranch so it's very protected mm -hmm. and we have a courtyard right in the center of the casa where people can uh, relax and uh, watch the hummingbirds and look Aww. at the flowers that were growing there and just be in uncommon tranquility surrounded by nature. It's beautiful. I know your area too. Um, I used to go back and forth uh, from Florence and down into Mexico and um, yeah, I mean, you're if you're going from Colorado to Santa Fe, you're you're definitely on the way. And you have pronghorn out mm -hmm. there, don't you? You've got beautiful pronghorn yeah. all out in that region. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and they're having their babies now. So what? if you drive down oh. our mile-long driveway, go mm -hmm. slowly so that you can see them and avoid them. 
Oh, yeah, exactly. Take care of the babies. Uh, Dave, I want to go to you on this because um, can you tell us a little bit about a history of the inn? Um, Because isn't it the House of the Hawk? Um, That's the name? That's correct. And that's the name that Jack Nairn gave the inn originally. It was built as his private residence. Jack and Gertrude Nairn were from Hartford, Connecticut, moved to New Mm -hmm. Mexico about 1907 for their health. Suppose it was only for a few years to start, but they fell in love with New Mexico, as most of us have, and decided to move here permanently. So they bought the property and started building the house in 1910. They purchased the property, talked to the builder, and then went on a year and a half around the world trip while the home was being built. They hmm. have many famous guests here over the years. Unfortunately, most of those names are lost to history, but uh, it was then started as a bed and breakfast we believe in the mid-1980s by the previous owners. Um, our, our group purchased the property then in uh, 1994, and uh, we've been rebuilding the uh, the end of the business ever since. I, I'm going through the, the photos on your website, and I want to give everyone the website too, Casa del Gavilan, and that's G-A-V as in Victor, so Gavilan, G-A-V-I-L-A-N. When you go in there and you're looking at the rooms, you have such amazing Southwest art. Is some of those the bronze uh, sculptures? Are those Remingtons? Because I've seen like yes, they are. some they're, of the areas we've traveled to. That's amazing. Yes, they are Remingtons. They they were not cast by Remington himself. Obviously, <laughs> all of those are in museums. Uh, but they we do have uh, Remington uh, bronze sculptures as well as some sculptures from other artists as well as original artworks and prints and various pieces of art in the main rooms as well as the guest rooms. Oh, wow, and the, the paintings too. Um, I was looking, I, I recognize the artist, but I don't know who it is. I can't, I, I just, I know I know, but I don't know right now, mm-hmm. but I want to. <laughs> I, I think the best thing to do is just come over to the bed and breakfast. That's the best thing to do. Um, and you've also, you've got a lot of accolades too. So it, it's, it looks like you have four seasons over there. Uh, you mean as far as being open? No, four seasons in in nature. Oh yes, we do uh, certainly. We uh, winters uh, we are at seven thousand feet, so winter does come along. The last few haven't been too bad, but we'll get a half dozen snowfalls through the course of the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, though, we close between uh, just after Thanksgiving until uh, mid March. Things are usually quiet in Cimarron in the winter time, so we take advantage of that and give the staff and the casa a little bit of a breather during the off season. Mm. And you're also on the New Mexico Register of Cultural Properties, too. That's that's correct, as well as the uh, National Register of Historic Places as one of the uh, best examples of a residence in Pueblo revival style in the state of New Mexico. This was one of the very first homes built in the Pueblo revival style, which then grew to become the Santa Fe style, but this home is considered one of the forerunners of that particular architectural style. That's amazing. When you think about it, you know, um, this history, and when I was talking about at the beginning about this being New Mexico true, right, that hashtag on social media and, and just that campaign, I think that's this beauty of going to a bed and breakfast, is you can be staying in this amazing nature area, this natural surroundings, and then stay in history. And then, you know, we have a completely different experience, even though similar in two different parts of the state, we go over to Becky and Becky, you and your husband, 
actually built the casitas, right? So this is in that style. We, yeah. We did. We built them 24 years ago in a in a New Mexico southwest style um, and furnished them with, with Mexican furniture. Um, so we're giving people, we're, you know, we do our best to give people a New Mexico experience, although it's um, a new New Mexico experience because we're not old. I, Dave's place sounds absolutely wonderful. And um, one of the things that we both have in common is, well, there's a few things we have in common. Mm-hmm. We're both in the middle of nowhere. I am also 45 <laughs> minutes from the closest town and grocery store. So we also have to tell people to bring, um, bring their food with them. Um, and, it, you know, the beauty of that for both of us is that the people that stay here, there's no lights, there's no noise. They're truly escaping. Um, but the other thing we have in common is our skies. We have incredibly beautiful, dark skies with absolutely no light pollution. And there are many people, unfortunately, in the United States who, who can't see a night sky. They live in cities. They live somewhere where there's so much light pollution. They, they can't see anything but the brightest stars. We have had guests here who have told us that this was the first time they'd ever seen the Milky Way. Mm. And, which That's is amazing. just astonishing. Um, so we we have that we have that for the people that come here. And to help them, we we have star charts and we've got a spotting scope so they can look at the moon or look at Jupiter or Saturn with the scope and just sit outside and enjoy how dark it is. And and mm. Casa de Gavilan has the same thing where they are. They're just incredibly beautiful. Mm. Um, one of the things that we get here and one of one of the groups of people that we market to are astronomers and astrophotographers um, to bring their equipment and set up and and do their astronomy or their photography where they where they have a nice place to stay and but they don't have the light pollution that they might have where they live so we have lots of people that come back um, every year or maybe even two times a year to do that that's a, that is so cool because it is a rare thing uh, for folks, like you're saying, depending on where you live. And I know a lot of people from back east that go to the southwest. It seems to be an important thing. You know, it's such a different. It is different. You know, um, we were just you know back in Maryland and then went to Oklahoma, and right there you could tell the difference already. Yeah, like the difference, and it's and both places are beautiful, but it's so nice to get that big open sky there's something yes, the, so yeah. healthy the about the big sky the big the sky expanse we, is just amazing yeah Heidi I wanted to go to you on that I mean what what are some of the guest comments that you get um that you see kind of the the similar comment of when they come and stay for a couple nights and you know when it because it, it takes time to mm-hmm. declutter our brains from, you know, from whatever yeah. life has been well, going. They, yeah, what, what is some of the this comments? This is where they feel the most relaxed uh, that they have in a long time, uh, at peace. Uh, uncommon tranquility is, uh, you know, is something that we hear and say about the place. And just uh, the peace of being surrounded by nature and the quietness at the end due to not having all of the media here, like we don't have TVs and phones. So people are, you know, they might be a little bit forced to get out of the habit of being connected and, and mm. disconnecting helps them to connect to themselves 
and to nature. Mm. Disconnecting. I know. Isn't that important? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I like to have a media free day once yeah. a week if I can, too. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So do you have, you, you don't have TVs, right? Do people have Wi Fi? We, we have Wi Fi here. So guests can oh, cool. connect to Wi Fi to use their devices in whatever way they need to. Um, okay. And then, you know, that's about it. So yeah, so put it away, have, people. Know, put it we away. We have the same. <laughs> yeah, we've got we the have same a lot of, thing we here. Have no a TV. Lot of good books here too, because yeah, of the end. Not only is the building and the artwork um, historical, but we also do have a some a, a nice library of books collected over the years, and nice. that people contribute in games and puzzles and you know there's the nice fireplace in the living room and in the library so people can hang out and connect with each other as well when they come as groups I mean when when is the last time you get to actually hold a real book you know to me that's become a luxury it's become this you know you have a nice cup of something like cocoa or tea or whatever and or a glass of wine let's get real (laughs) And, and hang out with a book you know, and just and be in nature and in peace and tranquility where you can really get I would in the say story. That, that is common here for people oh. to do that here. It's, that is that is a, a daily um, thing that happens mm. besides going like hiking that. in the area and uh, going sightseeing um, by car as well. On our website, we have uh, uh, one of the pages that has uh, things to do and you mm-hmm. can, um, you know, go to that website and or that part of the website and then you can look up things to do and it has different tours in the area uh both driving tours and hikes and other activities that you can do in the area and of course we're also happy to help um, people when they're looking at doing things because we like to to check out all the uh, activities in the area personally ourselves as well so um hopefully we can help guests um when they have questions like that Hmm. We're learning more and more all the time. Of course, Dave is the one who's the expert. He's showing Ah. uh, myself and the other innkeeper all around. So um, we're learning more and more about the area activities on a daily basis. You have a huge amount just in, I mean, you could spend a ton of time because even where, how close you are to Colorado, you're, you're not far from Santa Fe, even to me, for someone who's into nature, art, and history, you guys are like the perfect hub of you know, oh, tranquility, you. but to sleep in there, you know, um, and, and Becky, that's, you know, similar to you guys where you've got all this nature, but you also have art. I want to bring up because Becky, uh, you and your husband are both what you, you make jewelry. He's an artist, right? You, you both have a gallery. Yeah, that's right. We site. do. We have a gallery and we've got a local people's, the art of local people in the area here. Um, the gallery is really quite popular with our guests. Um, that's so. cool. Yeah, I didn't know you had local people. I thought you, it was just yeah. you guys out there in the middle no, of nowhere. No, no, no. <laughs> no, we got other local people's work too in here. We have, we have there's pottery and, and gourd masks and glass and all kinds of stuff wow. in there. Wow, that yeah. is awesome for people to, to go and experience. So when people check in, I know you have Wi-Fi, no TV, so very here's a similarity again. But and yep. you've got mountains in your backyard too. Yep. And you got do. a little we, snow. We have, yeah, we have Mugion Baldy, which goes up to 12,000 feet. The Mugion Range, we have the extreme lower end of the Rockies here. 
in the okay. in the mountain ranges that we have. So there's so, so for people that want to hike, there's there's low level hiking and there's high level hiking, whatever they're um, whatever they're capable of doing, and seven miles on our property itself. Wow. Okay. So here, it, you guys really do have similarities, which is so cool, isn't it? And at the same time, completely different. And that's again, mm-hmm. like the beauty of staying at bed and breakfast inns and, um, and really just having that authentic experience. I want to go back over to you, Dave, when we look at the history of the inn and then the surroundings, are you getting people that are, are booking in uh, for even the history of Cimarron? And weren't you guys in a movie? Like what, wasn't the town in a movie once? Am I remembering there something? There was a film photographed here in, in town a couple of years ago. The name escapes me at the moment, but Cimarron is oh, one of those notorious Western towns that has a long history going back to the mid 1800s of uh, gunfights and land grant wars and, cool. and uh, Clay Allison and, <laughs> Billy the Kid and all sorts of other um, legends of the Old West. Um, you can't go through this part of New Mexico without going through Cimarron. So many of those people of the day ended up here at one time or another. And we do have a lot of guests that are following that history or following the Santa Fe Trail, which runs right across our oh, front yard. And, uh, no way. And various parts of the West like that, that uh, all kind of revolved through Cimarron at one t- time or another. Uh, we're only about five miles out of town, so it's uh, if people guests will come out and take the walking tour of the town of Cimarron and see some of the history that way, or visit the old mill museum, which has a lot of artifacts dating back to the 1800s about the early life in the day. Um, but a, wow. a lot of a uh, lot of history happened in such a small town. Wow! And you bring up Billy the Kid and Silver City, New Mexico, um, <laughs> right outside Becky's. Uh, front door there, well, just down the road, I should say. Um, there's actually like a replica of his cabin, right outside the visitor there, center. There is, and and he spent some time down here too. I think supposedly his mother's buried in the cemetery down here, something like that. I, yeah, he Billy got around. And and you had you had Madame Millie too. She was notoriously oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, Madame yeah. Millie, um, someone has to write a song about. It. There's got to be a song about her. Um, I'm Millie. sure there is one somewhere. There is a book about her. Mm. Yeah, our friend Wally Lauder just, our friend Wally Lauder, the singer songwriter, has moved back to Silver City recently. That's, so yeah. I'm going to email yeah. him after this and say, you need yeah. to write a Madame Millie song. I demand it. <laughs> but she did a lot for the community. And, um, you know, yeah. she was a lady of the night, but she did a lot of raising money for schools and for she did a lot for girls didn't she just in education I think she was big on that um so that's that's that history is cool and then you've also got the indigenous people uh that history in your backyard Becky I think that's pretty prominent yes we do we have a lot of a lot of ancient history and then it goes back way beyond that as well there's a lot of history New Mexico is just an incredible Mm. state the history um is is phenomenal for anybody. I mean, right here in Gila, we have what used to be the headquarters of a ranch that owned the land all the way over to Arizona and all the way down to Texas. No um, way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They, they were cattle barons and yep. Complete wasn't with Geronimo, all of the, wasn't yeah, Geronimo, Geronimo born there? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Geronimo and Mangus Coloradus. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was born there. I've got yeah. that plaque that outside the visitor center of Gila Lip yeah. Dwellings. And yeah. then I've been to Fort Bowie in southern Arizona, uh, southeast Arizona, 
just down the road from you in a, you know, everything's just down the road from me. Um, it's what happens when you travel full time across the country, everything's just down the road. But um, it, we've seen the gravesite of his grandson, great, great grandson um, yes. in Fort Bowie. And that's where Cochise was captured. So that's what's something I do want to say again of this interesting connection between both ends. You know, you've got Geronimo, right? And then you're connected to Southeast Arizona when people are going to Saguaro National Park, Fort Bowie, Chiricahua National Monument. You've got the Gila Cliff Dwellings National Monument. And I think you're also people going to uh, White Sands National Park. And yeah, the White, Sands is, White Sands is, is actually, um, well, it's a good three hours away from us. But yeah, it, it's right down in this area too. Well, most people that are park travelers, they, they do a route. You know, it's like, they we're going to do. do White Sands and we're going to go to Gila Cliff Dwellings. Um, but then you've also got the Continental Divide, right? Isn't that part of yep. the, mm -hmm. the... Yep, and wow. the, the Continental Divide Trail goes through this area as well. Mm. The catwalk, that's that's also... Yep, is that's, that near you? Yeah, that's about... I love well, it. We're, halfway, we're halfway between Silver City and the catwalk. That's our location, so... It's very convenient. Oh, the, the catwalk is a great is a great hike um, built by the CCC in the 30s, um, destroyed many times by flooding and rebuilt every time by the by the Forest Service. Amazing, so, amazing, beautiful hike. Awesome. Uh, I want to go over to you, Heidi, uh, in regards to the natural parts, like what we're talking about. Is definitely going to be the uh -huh. history we we're mentioning, right? And Billy the Kid. Um, we should touch on the Native American uh, history too in your area, but um, in regards to hiking and, and nature, can people kind of step outside the door and hike where you are, or do they go to specific areas to go hike? Uh, both. So Ooh. right here at the end, we have uh, two trails that I could recommend just for like uh, very short meanderings to watch, go watch the sunrise, to watch the sunset right here where you know one is like very even ground that uh it, almost any ability uh could hike another is uh, a slight uphill to go sit at some nice chairs that we have that overlook the property and then a third trail is going to be a little bit more uh of an outing uh two and a half miles it goes up into our upper pasture and down into the uh, lower pasture and back to the inn. And then you can go to Cimarron Canyon State Park for hiking as long as you want. Uh, there's mm -hmm. trails that go from anywhere from six miles round trip to, you know, uh, backpacking overnight. And again, uh, on our website, we have the area activities portion that has um, trail guides on that page and you can download PDFs of all the different uh, trail opportunities that are in our area, which is are numerous. And then um, be, besides hiking, if someone is not into hiking, but they you know have a stout vehicle for driving tours that go on to some of the back roads in the area. Uh, there are plenty of those kind of trips too, like, you know, overlanding uh, with mm -hmm. a four-wheel drive. So yeah. there's uh, plenty of all of that stuff to do uh, and as well as uh, uh, places to go out to eat and places to go fishing, breweries, wineries, 
Uh, it just depends on how far away uh, you want to go from the end for the day, but you could stay busy here as I am for the whole season. Whenever I have a time uh, to spare, uh, I, I'm out exploring the area in all those different ways. Mm. And I, I think it's so cool that you're on the Santa Fe Trail too. I mean, that's just such a, that's such a rich history, you know? Um, and that just the birding, I want to go to the birding. We have to go to the birds because it's so oh, interesting yes. that we you have both, lots of birds here too. Yeah. It's going to, I wonder about the species now between like your, you know, the, the San Sangre de Cristo mountains, and then you've got the Rocky mountains over where Becky is, the, the foothills of that. Um, that's got to be interesting for you guys as a migratory pathway. You've got to be part of that, right? With mm -hmm. birds like, I'm bailing off the mountain. Oh, yeah. I'm going south. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> do you, well, do you we even keep that? binoculars out for the guests. And we have like a, a little uh, tick sheet where people can write down the birds that they see and the dates that they see them. And I'm just looking at uh, a sheet uh, like that from this past month. I have pinion jays, Lewis's woodpecker, broad-tailed hummingbirds, black-shinned mm. hummingbirds. Calliope, how do you say that, Dave? Calliope. Calliope. Calliope, yes. Calliope hummingbird. Calliope. Don't Spotted say Calliope. Toby. That's my Calliope. Is it Calliope? Oh, no. okay. Which... Calliope. I'm going to mess everybody and, up. Cal... Yeah, Calliope. And no, that it's is... Calliope. We, we looked it up ourselves because we were. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but that's an extra big that... deal. Mm -hmm. We found out that that hummingbird is the smallest bird that's native to the U.S. and Canada, mm -hmm. just that's by right. preparing for this interview. So thank you for that. And <laughs> spotted goldfinches, um, oh. wild turkeys, oh, um, cool. all kinds of things. I, the hummingbirds, the I didn't month. know that the broadbill went all the way up there at all, because broadbills so. normally... In South, you know, Southeast, Southern, when we lived in Tucson, we, we had those. And then you got the the ones with the, you know, the broad beak kind of thing. Like, oh, my gosh, that's yeah. amazing. And Becky, well, I, I know we've talked about this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sometimes when there are fires, although that's not the case this year, but sometimes when there are fires, you're going to get birds mm -hmm. migrating or moving to an area where they're safe. And so you might see uh, a more species because of that. Although that's yeah. not the case right now, but that can happen. And I've seen it happen. Well, we've seen it in um, just in regards to the change of climate, right? Climate change has, is happening. I mean, we're in places that normally don't have this happen and then it does it, like snow in places that's not supposed to. And we're going, why are we here? Um, <laughs> so it's, um, we're seeing that change just as we travel the country. These, you know, it's interesting when what you're doing by documenting the birds is such a cool thing, you know, because it used to be that you could tell the, the time of year just by what birds showed up. Like a, in, I had a friend who had a farm in uh, Fallbrook, California, um, in North San Diego. And, you know, March, middle of March, no matter what, here come the Orioles. Well, that changed. Um, so it is changing a lot, like you're saying, and there's all of these environmental changes. And so it's, it is, it's kind of interesting because people are getting birds that they don't normally see. So that's kind of like on a nice side for us uh, to see that. But I want to go to Becky. I know we've talked about birds before. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you get roadrunners and thrashers. I know you get thrashers, but you get hummingbirds too. Do you get the we broad do. We have We have the hummingbirds and um, the black chin, the broad tail. There are others around mm -hmm. as well. 
exactly which ones are dependent on your altitude. And um, we also, we have um, gross beaks and we have cardinals, lots of cardinals. I think this is pretty much the their their extent of their range. They're they're kind of listed as rare here, but we have plenty of them. Yeah. Wow. But we have we have lots of birds here too. We've been um trying we've been telling our, our guests to get there's an app for your smartphone called Merlin, which mm-hmm. Cornell University puts out, which where you can mm-hmm. you can it'll record the sound of the birds and tell you what you're hearing. That's cool. So when when we get people who have limited mobility um, and prefer to just sit on their porch, they can listen and um, see what's out there. And we encourage our guests that that are birders to put their lists up on eBirds so to share them with other people. I love eBirds. And um, I also encourage people to do Seek. Um, That's a cool app. Um, iNaturalist is the website, iNaturalist.org through National Geographic and all kinds of agencies got together. And you're part in like with eBird, which is awesome. I love in like you're saying all through Cornell, you're part of citizen science when you're doing that. You're helping researchers find out what is happening, where are birds going? Like, why does Becky have cardinals? They were supposed to just stop in Tucson, but no, they knew Becky has like the most awesome property. So they're going there and the hummingbirds are saying, hey, we're going up. <laughs> we're going to go up and see Dave and Heidi over at Casa del Gopalon. I love this. They're like, hey, we're going. The birds are smart. <laughs> they know. The birds are smart. Yeah, they are. What what what's breakfast like? I have to go there. I mean, we we're talking about wine and breweries and but I want to know about food. Heidi, what what's for breakfast? Well, <laughs> um, it depends on who's cooking for the day, but uh one of my specialties uh, that I like to make is called triple B pancakes and the B's are blueberry, buttermilk, blue corn. And uh, that's because I'm in New Mexico. If I was up in New England, that would be buckwheat instead. But we're here in New Mexico, so it's blueberry, buck, buttermilk, blue corn. And we always serve that with butter and maple syrup. And uh, my co-innkeeper, Polly, she likes to make a French toast casserole with pecans and cinnamon and brioche bread or a Mexican scramble with black beans and homemade salsa. And Ooh. like I mentioned before, we always have herbs from our garden and mm. uh, uh, locally sourced eggs and high country meats from Rattan. Mm. Okay, so before you all go, now that you've made me very hungry, um, you know, let's let's talk about one thing that everyone should experience that we haven't talked about. So one thing, uh, so let's go to you, Becky. Again, everyone, Becky's website is casitasdehila.com. Again, the links are all in the show notes. Becky, what is one thing we haven't talked about that people need to know about for coming out to see you? Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know. Wildflowers. <laughs> I'm going to say wildflowers. Oh, well, yes. This year has been absolutely incredible for wildflowers and every other blooming thing because of the amount of rain we had last summer, last fall, and last winter. Mm. Um, it's um, beautiful here right now. Absolutely gorgeous. You know, I, I really miss cactus. Manti and I saw, cact- like we were in Oklahoma for a couple of days and we saw a blooming prickly pear and we both stopped and we're like, behold the prickly pear. It's like the guy running around yeah. going, there's a double rainbow. We got a little silly. We're like, behold yeah. the prickly pear bloom. Yeah. It's a prickly pear blossom. They're blooming is. right now. They're blooming right now. And so are the choya cactus. Oh, I which love Which have a magenta colored flower. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Oh my and gosh. a pincushion, the little tiny pincushion cactus, oh. which is oh, you know I'm just a little little tiny thing. So they're all blooming right now, and and um, within the next couple of weeks, all of the yuccas will be blooming. No, and you I'm, know I'm, the yucca is the state flower. I didn't know that. I should know that, yeah. but I didn't know that. Now yeah. you're making me homesick. You know, that's it. <laughs> you're making me homesick. Ah, oh, okay, Dave, I'm going over to you because now I've got flowers, we've got breakfast. This is this is a dangerous conversation for me. I'll just get back in my car and start driving west again. Both, uh, both ends are ready for your visit anytime. I'm all ready. I'm I am ready. I'm ready. Uh Dave, I what have is something one... to interject? Oh, go ahead. Because <laughs> I thought that Dave was trying to not say something. <laughs> so I was gonna say something. <laughs> But go ahead, well, Dave. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh. No, I was, was just saying both ends are, are ready to have you anytime you're ready to get in the oh, car, okay. Lisa. Well, we're all ready. But Dave, <laughs> I wanted to ask, what is what is your one thing that people should know about that we haven't touched on? Oh, just it's just such a beautiful area to, uh, to get out and, and be a part of nature and the wildlife. We have deer and elk in the area. You have elk. Okay. Wait, see, I didn't know that. Now that's really yeah. dangerous for me. Um, and, I want to see and, elk. Yes. And we, we know where to send the guests. We can't always promise the elk will be there. The elk tend to show up when they feel like showing up, but, uh, we do have elk though. Occasionally they'll visit the property. Um, Occasionally have a uh, bobcat, rarely a mountain lion, but uh, we do have a lot of wildlife in the area. And uh, Cimarron Canyon State Park is just a treasure to be able to see some of that wildlife as well as the Cimarron River comes down through the canyon. Ooh, so, uh, Ooh okay. Now I'm just to get yourself lost in. Oh, I'm liking this elk. And I have actually, Becky, I know you have elk in your area too. What Silver City I know does. Okay. Yeah. This is cool. This is very cool, everyone. And Roadrunners, don't forget the state bird. Uh, so Heidi, I'm going back to you because I know you want to interject. Yes. You've got something. She's she's holding <laughs> on to it. She's holding on tight. Well, she's like, come on, get to me. Get to me. <laughs> we recommend guests arrive during the daylight here because uh, one, it's easier to find in the daylight, and two, you don't want to miss any of the scenery. Mm. So, so it's going to well, be that's a, true. Uh, day, a daylight arri- a daylight arrival would be good for us as well. Yeah, yeah, right. And bring your camera. And if you don't have one, Dave is a great photographer, and you can get some of his photography here at the end. <laughs> oh, well done, well done, Heidi. That was a good one. She got it. She got it. She's the innkeeper. She knows. So everyone, casadelgavalon.com. Both websites uh, for the inns are in the show notes, as well as the New Mexico Bed and Breakfast Association. Uh, Go to their website. Uh, They have an amazing array of information, stories, articles to help you plan a nice blog, Uh, a beautiful way to just search all the different inns for where you're going through in the land of enchantment, New Mexico. So stay New Mexico true. Uh, So go check out all these inns and, um, and the innkeepers, you know, they're the best. Nancy and I, as we travel, you know, we all pet sit as we travel the country full time, but um, which is not a money thing. It's just so we can actually do our interviews with internet. But when we're not doing that, we do stay in bed and breakfast because the innkeepers know they're like their own visitor bureau. They are like the welcome center of a community. They know everybody. They know what you want to do. You tell them, they'll, they'll say, oh, well, you need to do this hike. Oh, you're not feeling so well with your knee. This hike over here will be better for you. 
they know those things. They know if you're trying to find a specific rug or a piece of art, um, they know. They know. The innkeepers are in the know. Um, so basically, they are gossip central. Is that right? <laughs> Just saying. you know, I like everything to say, that's right. We, we are we are the best concierges ever. Yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks, thank Lisa. You, Lisa. All righty. Thank yeah. you, Lisa. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. BigBlendRadio.com is the website to go, and we're here talking about New Mexico Bed and Breakfast every second Thursday. Gracious hosts, unique lodging, and tasty cuisine. New Mexico Bed and Breakfasts are New Mexico true. Our innkeepers are as special as New Mexico, and we're sharing their stories. Read about them and plan your trip at nmbba.com. Dot org.